Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going this week? Going pretty well. Uh, it is almost July 4th, uh, yes. holiday weekend this weekend, so exciting times. We're halfway through the summer, it seems. Yeah, I think technically it's still the beginning of summer, but it feels like halfway through the summer. Well, I mean, it's July, so... Summer, yeah, June 21st basically around here, the, the way the, the way the uh, thing goes around here is that summer is when kids are out from school and yes. it's halfway over. So, well, here the kids didn't get out until the Monday before we left for Columbus. Well, that's just weird. Yes, but it's also it weird that the kids go back to school here in Nashville the first week of August. So, yeah, well, that's how I grew up, where you was just where you are. So that's what I'm used to anyway. Yeah. but. But anyway. But 4th of July is coming. It's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, happy 4th of July, everyone. Hope you have a great time this weekend. And, yes. Um, that there are more fireworks where you are than we're at the SBC convention this year. <laughs> is that what you do? Do you shoot fireworks, Jonathan? We, we don't. I have little kids, I, and fireworks and little yes. kids don't go don't mix well. It doesn't. It doesn't work. I forced my family to listen to me read the Declaration of Independence out loud. That's right. I did know that. Yes, I've done that for several years now. You should periscope that this year. You are not the first person that has suggested that. I, I, I'm actually thinking about doing it. Well, I have to tune into that. Follow every, Everybody follow Amy on Periscope. That's A-C-W-I-T, W-H-I-T. Just, just um, watch for it. It's coming sometime Saturday. Yes, that'll be fun. I'll have to watch for that. Okay. okay. Very cool. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, big news this week uh, has been kind of the fallout of something we talked about last week, which is the uh, the shootings in Charleston. Uh, and it's not really tied directly, I don't think, to, to the shootings in Charleston, but there have been a number of black church arsons uh, this past week, one of those in the North Carolina area. Yeah, in Charlotte, it was Briar Creek uh, Baptist Church, and uh, that is a Southern Baptist congregation um, there in Charlotte. No one was there at the time, but, uh, but they, are, they have ruled it as an arson, I think they're continuing to investigate it. Uh, it does seem like there are a lot of, of these things going on. This is just a discussion that's going to continue. Certainly with uh, the Supreme Court ruling last yeah. week, we're, we've been discussing other things as well. But the whole issue surrounding uh, the discussions in South Carolina, um, as far as how people are still reeling from what happened in Charleston, how people are handling this big discussion that's popped up over the flag. That's all still happening. Yes. And these, these incidents are occurring in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so how related they are, we don't know, but they are in the midst of that. But however that goes, this is a Southern Baptist church that um, has had a very bad thing happen to them. They are being helped the Metrolina Baptist association is uh, what they're a part of and that in terms of any kind of relief efforts uh, i think they're assisting with that helping with locations for summer camps things like that but uh, but it's 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 a pretty serious thing it is it is a very serious thing and uh something that uh, local southern baptist churches uh, should be working toward a, a racial reconciliation type view of the church uh and one interesting note about this church here is that it began as a predominantly white church uh named commonwealth baptist church back in 1951 and as the community had changed the church had changed and now as briar creek road baptist church it's a mostly african-american church 
which you know kind of seen that in a lot of different uh, southern cities um, in yeah. certain parts of cities. Uh, we've seen that here in, in in Nashville. I saw it a lot more down in, in Birmingham when I was living down there. Uh, so this is something that's, that's not new, but these these churches still have this Southern Baptist heritage and history. And like you said, it's good to see the uh, the Metrolina Baptist uh, local association there uh, working with them and helping them through this extremely difficult time. Right, stepping in in that way. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of a big, as far as an individual church, things that, that people are going on, that was a big thing. July 1st also marked the first day on the job, I think, for Nathan Finn, uh, a co-worker, yes. former co-worker of yours at Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. He's now at Union University. And one of the big news items this week coming out of Union was Pastor Ernest Easley going to Union yeah. as a professor of evangelism. Yeah, leaving um, Roswell Street in uh, Marietta. And uh, I, I didn't know this was coming at all. This was a big, uh, a big surprise. Obviously, he's been in pastoral ministry and for a long, long time uh, has led at state, national levels, served in the denomination. So yeah, he was uh, the uh, well chairman known. of the executive committee uh, a couple of years ago. I know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so very well known. I mean, obviously, yes. their son, uh, he and his wife, their son Jordan, is in Jackson. Yeah, the pastor They're at there Inglewood. At Inglewood, at Inglewood yeah. yes. So getting closer to family, but also just really coming in and uh, bringing this, this knowledge that he has for personal evangelism, the heart for that, and bringing it to the family at Union. Yeah, so on a, on a church front, that's uh, an open position there at, at Roswell Street. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, also, a, another pastor filling vacancy of note, David Platt has officially been succeeded down at the Church of Brook Hills in Birmingham by Matt Mason. Matt was on staff as the worship pastor there, actually was was actually filling the pulpit some during the interim period there. And this past week they made Matt the official uh, successor to the the pastorate there, only the third pastor in the church's history, uh, founded uh, back in the early 80s. And the church is about 35 years old. And um, congratulations to Matt Mason. Uh, it'll be a, a smooth transition, I would guess, uh, for that sure. because he's already on staff. Everybody already knows him. So yeah. uh, congratulations the, to Matt. I'm sure the, the sort of the trajectory is very similar. So DNA stay very much the same. Yeah. Um, so good thing. And you mentioned earlier the uh, Supreme Court ruling. There is a statement uh, that is um, public from the ERLC, the Here We Stand statement. You can sign that. Uh, to stand for traditional marriage. They've had a ton of web traffic over the last week. Dr. Moore, it seems like, has been on every uh, television station there is. Uh, he was on CBS, yeah. CNN. Uh, in the past two weeks, because of the first the Charleston shooting and everything that was going on in South Carolina, then the Supreme Court ruling, uh, he's been pretty much everywhere the last couple of weeks. I know it's been a, a busy time for the guys over at the RLC. Yes, I think it's been really crazy there and they're doing exactly what uh what they're here to do i mean this is kind of what they do best is to lead in these areas to help uh give resources for churches help us know exactly how to walk through this Uh, and they've been doing a fantastic job Uh, and they're not the only ones that have been addressing this a lot of other um, denominational leaders pastors uh, entity heads number of people, college presidents have spoken to this issue. And that's just been encouraging. One thing that continues to be throughout all of those statements uh, is that 
even as we stand in opposition to what has been decided, uh, that neighbor love needs to not be absent yeah. from yeah. Uh, the way we handle this. And that's the great thing to see. Yeah, that, that's been a, a main talking point as well as religious freedom. And speaking of religious freedom, Life Air Research released a new study uh, this past week about uh, how Americans see Islamic threats to religious freedom. The study showed that 52% of Americans believe that religious liberties are not at risk because of Islam. Uh, it would be interesting to see how they view uh, Supreme Court rulings as a, re- a threat to religious uh, yeah. liberty because that would, uh, after this past week, that's been the a main talking point is religious liberty as a result of the Supreme Court rulings. So you've kind of got that religious liberty fight being fought on two fronts, really, through the courts and through uh, concerns of other religions. Yeah, I thought that the, the data was very interesting to me, the amount of people that saw it as a threat in the U.S. Yeah. Because uh, internationally, I'm, I mean, I, I totally can track that. But uh, in the U.S., finding it a threat when that's not really the what I've thought traditionally and um, we've thought so much more about some of these things. We're talking about court cases, uh, the certain laws and, and interpretation of the constitution that other people may have. Those are the things that I think about when it, it comes to America. Uh, so that was an interesting response to me. Yeah. And, and they did agree that it is a greater threat internationally than yes. the U S so that did yeah. come across. Uh, but I, I too was a little surprised at the, the, uh, just how high the, it was. The number that, that did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the seminaries, uh, New Orleans added a new ministry program and faculty. They're going to add a uh, Master's of Arts degree in Church and Community Ministries and elected uh, three faculty members. This goes back to earlier in June whenever their trustees met, but uh, they've added a 47-hour Master's of Arts in Church Community Ministry program uh, to prepare students for community ministry through the local church or a social service agency. Yeah, it's kind of taking sort of Christian ministry studies along with courses that will yeah. specialize in these areas. So it just bringing together theological training. We've with, seen a lot of the we've seen the rise of uh, NGOs overseas, especially in third world countries. Uh, we saw a lot of that after Haiti, uh, the the earthquake in Haiti. And uh, right. our good friend Timmy Brister is actually um, running uh, an NGO uh, involved with Haiti, uh, kind of the gospel and social work uh, meshing there uh, through his ministry with the Haiti Collective. For this Master of Arts degree, the seminary is actually partnered with the University of Southern Mississippi, my alma mater, uh, to, nice. to help them you know, kind of on the, the social work program, the social work side, uh, to undergird the, the gospel ministry training through the seminary. Well, that I think that's a really it's a really interesting program. It definitely shows some of the needs that are out there. They also elected uh, three new faculty members: um, Jonathan Key, Courtney Vesey, and Rick Yount. Um, as a, he's going to be a visiting professor in Christian education, uh, and then just some promotions, things like that. Turning our attention to other entities, we have the Send Conference that'll be coming up August third and fourth, right here in Nashville. Yeah, one more month. I mean, it's almost here. Yeah, it's amazing uh, to see how many people that have been registered for this. Over 12,000, and they're expecting to be sold out at 13,000 uh, people for the SIN conference here, right here in Nashville. That's just crazy. And when I think, because it's in the Bridgestone Arena, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. When I think about, you know, I've only been to mainly concerts, arena type yeah. things. 
and just thinking about gathering in this way there. It's just phenomenal. What a yes. crowd. And, and to see 13,000 people gathered for the express purpose of sending to, mm -hmm. to plant churches, to go on mission, you know, Nam and I and be partnering together for this. It's going to talk a lot about not just how to build up your church, but to turn your church into a sending catalyst. And, right. uh, there are still available uh, tickets available for that. We've got Kevin Ezel on the show today to tell us more. Kevin, we've got the Send Conference coming up here in just about a month, and I, I know it's going to be a huge conference. At the time of this recording, we just crossed over 12,000 registrants. Uh, just going to be a massive time in Nashville, Tennessee. Absolutely. We, we're, we're ecstatic that uh, people are turning out for a missions conference of all things where we, we believe we really believe that Bridgestone will be sold out and uh, who would ever thought you'd have pastors scalping tickets to a missions conference <laughs> now what what should they expect whenever they get there I know we're, we're going to have speakers we've got music we've got breakout sessions and stuff like that I mean what all can people expect when they show up for sin conference sure I, the speakers music that's all one thing but I really think the atmosphere and the synergy they have of that many people coming focused on a missional cause uh, it's something that we've really not experienced in the SBC uh, before. And uh, that's what I'm most looking for, just the environment, just being there. It's not something you can catch on a CD or live streaming. It, you have to be there to enjoy that many people coming together to celebrate one cause of sending people literally all over the world is something that, that we've never seen. Now, you mentioned all over the world. There's a lot of cooperation going on right now with NAM and IMB, both North American and I suppose around the world. Um, you guys are doing a lot together, even putting on the conference kind of jointly. Uh, you'll be there. David will be there. So tell us about the partnership there, how that's kind of working, uh, what that looks like in the North American context. Yeah, we're, we're grateful that IMB's come along this year in, in, a, in a, a partnership to uh, bring everyone together focused on one thing, and, uh, and that's sending people onto the field. And uh, what we do um, is very similar but, uh, but it is somewhat apples and oranges of what the end result is. They plant churches differently internationally than we do nationally. And so there is a need for it to be, you know, operate separate. But there's no reason we can't. I tell folks, uh, we're not necessarily trying to join the two. We're just trying to snuggle as tight as we possibly can to do ministry in the most effective way. Now, you mentioned the church planting in North America. Give us an update on the Sin Cities, that initiative, and just the success that you guys are having with that. Yeah, we're, we're very thankful for where we are this far down. We're, we're, we're ahead of where we thought we'd be, I should say. And it's helping churches. They've given a very simple route for churches to engage in cities. Eighty percent of North America live in and around cities. And we're just trying, when it comes to missions and trying to plant a church, we're trying to help churches hit the easy button. Just uh, uh, help them find an easy a, a city to not only partner with, but a planner to partner with and make it simple. It, you do not have to be a mega church to do this. You, you, we have churches that, that run in double digits, uh, 75 or 80 that are partnering with planters because it's, it's, all, it's all churches coming together. It's like a mutual fund, you know, where they all come together and support a planter in a city. And what we found is it makes for healthier churches. When you get your church to start looking outward instead of just inward, it, that the church itself becomes healthier. And what we've also seen, not only that, is their, their missional giving increases uh, when they're engaging directly with missionaries. Now, you mentioned missional giving. A lot of that uh, in the form for you guys is the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Right. And what other ways can churches because i think a lot of times they think we collect our annie offering and that's kind of the north american mission board focus 
for the year at a lot of smaller churches. How else can they partner with, you mentioned some of the ways to partner with church plants, but how else can churches partner and come alongside what NAM is doing other than the Annie Armstrong Easter offering? Yeah, people don't realize that, that I, typically, I didn't as a pastor, that the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is, is over 50% of our receipts, our budget. The, the, it's the number one income that we have. Lottie Moon, as you just mentioned with the international mission, over 50% of their receipts. So it's very, very important. But the direct access to missionaries and, and, and the way they, they love on our missionaries and support them sp- directly uh, incredibly helps. We don't have any full-time church planning missionaries. Uh, all of ours are supplemented by churches. And that's been the case for years and years. And what we do, uh, we come along with, uh, with startup funds and help with equipment. We're talking about helping the church plant or the church planter. Um, but we are completely dependent upon churches coming alongside. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like I said, when I pastored, uh, we had churches come along and they would give $25 a month or $50 a month. And it all adds up. You get 10 people giving $75 a month and you've got uh, a start. I mean, that's incredibly helpful. And that's the beauty of the Southern Baptist Community. You have 45,000 churches coming together uh, giving a half a billion dollars a year to missions. I mean, that's pretty significant. But there is so much more to do. And that's what we're trying to help Southern Baptist see. Look, we're thankful for what we have done, but we have got to enlarge our vision and see that this task is is so much bigger. We've got to come up with creative ways to get this done. Now, one of the questions we've been asking a lot of the podcast guests on the show and at the end is, where do you see the Southern Baptist Convention in 20 years? So for you, where do you see NAM in 20 years? Where do you see the SBC in 20 years? I, I, I think that I'm more excited about being a Southern Baptist today than ever before. I, I think our entities are working together greater than ever before you have uh, a great relationship with uh, uh, the IMB with David Platt and then obviously Russ uh, Moore with the ERLC and and the seminaries and so I, I think it makes it much healthier when we're all working together rooting for one another and so I think in 20 years I think it'll look much differently structurally perhaps um, but as far as uh, reaching people and growing uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be far better it's going to look a lot different but it's going to be far better. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you joining us. No, man. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship. Well, thanks, Kevin and Jonathan. That was a really a great conversation. Good preview. Jonathan, tell us who's going to be at the SIN conference. Well, obviously, Kevin is going to be there. And David Platt will also be talking. We'll have Russ Moore, H.B. Uh, Charles, Eric Mason. I'm really looking forward to seeing Lou Giglio there. Um, he'll be there as well. Matt Carter, uh, Miguel Nunez. Uh, as far as music's going, they got Crowder coming. They've got Casting Crowns, Shane and Shane, the Passion Band. So the music should be absolutely off the charts uh, at the SIN conference. Yes. Jenny Allen's going to be there. Dr. Ronnie Floyd, the president of the SBC, he'll be there as well. Mm-hmm. D.A. Horton, who absolutely killed it at the Southeastern Luncheon we talked about a couple weeks ago on the, uh, on the podcast at, at SBC. Uh, D.A. Horton will be there. Ed Stetzer, Al Moeller, J.D. Greer, Eric Geiger, Dahati Lewis, uh, Jimmy Scroggins. It's, it doesn't end. And it no, doesn't. it doesn't. I mean, just the, the guys, I mean, this is like a top list of speakers. Uh, Alex Hamaya, Vance Pittman, James Roberson, Tom Rayner, uh, who's my favorite speaker. Um, of course he is. Donnie Smith, Christopher Brooks, Brian Fickert, Mac Lake, Harris III. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he's going to be doing there. Uh, he did that that really cool opening a couple years ago for the First Send Conference. I don't know if you remember that or not. 
Um, well, he came and did it. He's done it at he, yeah, he's done it three uh, or four times. The Sin tour. He's done did it on the Sin tour, and he did it here when they came here in yeah. March. So um, very yeah. very cool uh, things that he does uh, for the the Sin conference. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, you might try to find that on YouTube. Uh, Jenny Catron, cool to see her uh, listed here as well. Uh, Bryant Wright, Jorge Mendoza, uh, and others. There's just so many people that are going to be there. Just an absolute who's who of uh, speakers. And, and, you know, there's 12,000 people coming for a reason. So yeah, um, they're coming to, see, coming to see these guys and to hear, uh, to be encouraged, to be challenged, as well as to, uh, to find out how their churches can be sending churches. So, Jonathan, if you haven't signed up yet, uh, you said it's almost sold out. Yeah, almost but, sold out. Uh, uh, sendconference.com. You can sign up uh, and, and register there as well as uh, find out, you know, information for hotels and traveling. It starts Monday, August the 3rd, 12.45 is the, se- is the first session. So you got time to, to get you some lunch on Broadway, maybe check out Jack's Barbecue uh, for lunch okay. on Monday. Then session one starts 12.45, ends on Tuesday night at 7.30. And uh, they're actually providing lunch on Tuesday, not on Monday. Uh, but okay. you, you will have lunch on Tuesday. And, um, and also on the Wednesday following, yeah, ERLC is having their that. national conference, uh, just a kind of a day to talk about different issues in uh, ethics and religious liberty. Yeah, I think it's going to be on the gospel and politics. Yeah. So uh, it's it's going it, to... A very timely gonna, topic. Yes, very timely. I think it's got a fantastic lineup of speakers. And it's at the Music City Center, which is very close to yeah, the Bridgestone right Arena. Right behind Bridgestone. So even, yeah, so I think they've done a great job of just connecting making it easy for people to come and do both yeah uh, particularly if if they're staying nearby but they've got an incredible lineup um for that of pastors of southern baptists and also people outside um of our denomination who know a lot about this about religious liberty about the gospel and politics about just kind of how all of these things work together that can speak well. Yeah, to us. Matt Cart will be at that one as well. Uh, I'm looking at the the list here: Jim Daly, Ross Douthat, Eric Erickson, Michael Gerson, uh, D. A. Horton again, D. J. D. Greer again, uh, Jennifer Marshall, Sammy Rodriguez, Platt Scroggins, uh, James K. A. Smith, Rod Dreher, Barrett Duke, mm-hmm. uh, Russ Moore. I mean, you name it. Uh, it's going to be a, a great time again, uh, and that's all in kind of like one day. Uh, a quick little conference right after the SEND conference. So you can come to Nashville, hang out with us for a few days, eat some good food. Uh, we'll have to do a, a Nashville preview the week before for people. Yes, we will. And, yeah, we will. Now you're excited about that now, I know. Uh, I are you going to be able wait. to make it in town for the SEND conference? Interestingly enough, we had some uh, family reasons to be in town anyway. So oh, really? it has worked out very well. Yes. So you will be here. Yes. That'll be cool. We'll actually get to record our second podcast in the same room. I think um, so. So uh, after that, because I'm planning on being there, I'll be with Dr. Rayner that week, uh, at least at the first two two days um, right. uh, as he's speaking at the SIN conference. So looking forward to that just around the corner here from the office. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good week. It so. should be. All right. So this week, your resources of the week. Amy, your pick is? My resource is actually a web resource. Uh, it is a brand new website that's been launched, uh, and it's the IMB Connecting website for women. It's uh, women.imb.org, or I think you can go imb.org slash women. And it's just a great site. It's kind of early in the in the days, and I can just see how the resources are going to really add up. There are 
um, there's a blog that has a lot of conversations about women who are on mission around the world. One, you know, what does a Muslim woman think of you? Ways to tangibly love and connect with Muslims during Ramadan. Uh, do you think like a missionary or a tourist? How can I love the internationals around me? Things like that. Um, there are places where people can video themselves talking and kind of share their own stories as they're around the world, resources for equipping. It's a great, great site. Uh, they've got a couple of podcast episodes with Ruth Ripken, uh, Nick Ripken's wife. So I, I can't wait to see more uh, from it. Fantastic resource that's out there. Well, that sounds like a great resource, Amy. Thank you. My resource of the week is going to be a book. Uh, it's Change Management by Jeffrey Hyatt and Timothy Creasy. We're reading this here at Lifeway. A few of us are uh, and talking about leading change. A lot of things going on, a lot of change happening, especially in our culture and how that impacts your organization. So this, this talks about how to leave individual change as well as organizational change. So uh, it's not a quote-unquote Christian book, uh, but a, a very good resource nonetheless on how to lead change within a church. Uh, you can easily see the how it applies to churches and how it applies uh, to individuals as well and, and just how you can change things effectively and, and do it well and do it in a way that... Uh, is successful in the long term. A lot of times change happens and it doesn't really stick. And change management by Jeffrey Hyatt and Timothy Creasy is a resource that will help you to get change to stick in your organization, your church, or ministry. Sounds good. Be. I may have to try it myself. That'll do it for this week's episode of SBC This Week. Any final thoughts from you, Amy? No, sign up for SEND. Uh, if you haven't planned to come yet, go ahead and, and do it now. I don't think you'll be sorry. Yep. Uh, sign up for Sin Conference. We'll see you in Nashville in August. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week.